I'm Laura Max Rose, mother of two, and you're listening to Look Ma No Hands, my candid dispatches from the front lines of motherhood. I ask the real, tough, honest questions on motherhood-related topics that we're all wanting to know more about, in hopes it will make everyone's journey fulfilling, easier, and more joyful. If you're not a mom, welcome. I want you to know how happy I am that you're listening and that these topics can be applied to any season of life. I'm grateful you're along for the ride. Welcome back to Look Ma No Hands. I am your host, Laura Max Rose, and I'm joined today by parenting coach, Randy Rubenstein. Randy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. This is technically your third time on here because our first conversation was so long, we divided it into two episodes, um, which have been beloved and cherished and brought up to me so many times. And I have thought about them so much recently because as so many people who listen to this show or don't know, um, quarantine parenting is a totally different enigma that none of us were prepared for. At least I wasn't. There was never um, a book written about parenting in a pandemic that I'm aware of. And uh, it has certainly been an adventure and it has been challenging and frustrating and it has knocked me over in many ways. And I've had all these conversations with you in my head since all of this started. What would she tell me to do right now? Um, I thought about the NICE protocol and I'm like, okay, N is what are your needs? And I'm like, well, yeah, like your needs are probably for like earth not to be canceled right now. So we've like, I know why you're acting like maybe a year and a half younger than you are. Um, but it's been, it's been an adventure and I can only, I, I know all the questions that I have for you, but I actually wanted to start this interview um, asking you this one question, which is how, is, which is what are people asking you right now? I can't imagine the number of calls you might be getting, or maybe not because people are so busy with their kids being at home all the time, but what are you fielding right now? What do people want to know? Well, I have a lot of questions right now. I've never been busier. Um, I can't imagine. I, I guessed that. Not, you know, I actually hate the word busy. I've never been more blessed with people who are ready to dig in and learn about parenting and how to improve their situation, which is super exciting to me, which makes me probably sound like the biggest loser in the world. No, um, no. It, <laughs> hey, I mean, this has brought so many of us to our own attention. Like this has made so many people, when a crisis happens, like we kind of all have two choices, right? We can use it to ask the hard questions and become better, or we can despair. So, you know, my, I mean, I do what I do because I feel it's my mission. It's my movement that every parent deserves to have a family that gets along and maybe even the family they've sort of always wanted, even though we don't really like to say that out loud. Um, but I think lots of us come into parenthood, uh, with a fantasy and, um, and so when things don't necessarily go swimmingly, um, it's like we're crushed, you know, we're super triggered because we had like, don't you know, people, I had this dream. This is and what I wanted. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> this is what I wanted. And so, um, I also believe that every child deserves to get to come from one of those families where the parent feels like pinch me. I can't believe that this family is mine and it's so much fun the majority of the time. Right. So like, so it's, it, it works both ways. And so that's all I want for every single human. And, um, 
And if I could shout it from the rooftops, I would. However, what I've learned is, is if you shout it from the rooftops and people aren't in the mood to hear that message, you just sort of sound preachy and annoying. So, um, so right now with what's going on and everyone being sort of forced to shelter in place with their kiddos, it's like, okay, game on. We're like, yes, tell us, tell us all the things, Randy, tell us all the things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, so I'm like, uh, okay, okay, let's do this right now. I'm running a challenge. Um, and literally this entire week, I have a very engaged group of a thousand new people in my community. So, um, and the people who have all come forth all have at least one, what we call strong-willed kiddo. So I have lots of, of questions that have been presented, lots of scenarios. And most of it is, um, you know, there's a lot around technology and there's a lot around how do I get my kids to stop fighting? How do, how do I, because kids look, it's hard to live with people, period. And when you're stuck together 24 seven, you're going to get on each other's nerves. Oh my God. I I said to my friend the other day, I was like, it's getting to the point where I'm just going to look at Selma and I'm going to say, Selma, it's not okay in this family to try to murder our little sisters. Like like, you can't, I'm like, I literally don't have a second because I'm just trying to peel them off of each other. Like that is just intervention. It's like survival mode. You cannot murder. There's no murdering. It's like, it's really hard to live with people. And when those people happen to be your siblings, um, you know, we have all these dreams as parents that our kids are going to be best friends. And maybe there was like some family when we were growing up where every time you went over to their house, it just seemed like they were having the best time over there. And there was Mm -hmm. like kids all close in age and everybody just, you know, and so we all want that. And then when we have our own kids and they aren't acting like that and they sort of act like they want to murder each other, um, it's very triggered. I think that the sibling fighting thing is one of the most triggering things for a parent. Um, oh, absolutely. It's been the, it was the first thing that came up for me when this all happened. I mean, with my own kids, so I can definitely identify with that. So I think that the sibling fighting is really hard. Um, there's a lot more yelling. There's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of sort of explosiveness that's going on because kids are not wanting to necessarily do the homeschool or, you know, they're, they're not doing the work that, that has been assigned to them. And the parents are like, okay, I never signed up to be a teacher. And now I find myself as a teacher and I've got to, um, hound, the little people to get all this work done, or I'm not doing my job. So there's all this pressure on parents. There's all this pressure on kids. It makes for a very combative relationship. And there's a lot of, um, you know, just checking out on screens and then parents being like, you've been on that iPad long enough off. And then the kids like, you know, melts down and then it becomes a 45 minute meltdown. So there's a lot of just fighting and, and yelling and, and anger and tension. I mean, it makes it sound so ugly, but um, everybody who's showing up is sort of like, okay, how do I get this to stop? Like, yeah. give me the tool. So this, so usually in my free challenges that I run periodically, 
I usually mostly, um, I really want to give everyone all the things. That's why you and I ended up having two episodes worth of content because I, <laughs> I can't help myself. I'm diarrhea. You do what you love. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I, you know, I just want to help everyone. And, um, but I really try to focus in these challenges on more the mindset piece because I feel like I can't give everyone everything if you've, I've only got a week with you. And teaching the tools and the tips without helping you to see things differently and sort of um, understand a different mindset, um, I, 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 those are just like tiny little band-aids and they're going to help maybe for a second and then you're going to forget whatever tool it was that you learned and you're going to just go back to your old ways. The mindset piece, when I just have a short amount of time with people, I think makes the biggest impact. So I really usually focus on the mindset. Well, this challenge, I've been every day teaching a mindset tip and a tool. Because I think that people um, are just in such a state of there's there's a fire to put out that, um, you know, like that hair on fire stage that mm -hmm. they really, I, I feel like they need a tool. You know, they need to know they're going to, if I were to say, I'm just going to teach you how to change your mindset. People are like, are you kidding me? I have people about to murder each other. Give me some tools. So well, I'm, I'm actually really glad you said that because I've been thinking like my favorite parenting book of all time is how to talk. So little kids will listen and mm -hmm. listen. So little kids mm -hmm. will talk. Mm -hmm. And I learned so many practical tools from that book about how to talk to my oldest when a meltdown is about to happen or when she doesn't get what she wants. And the, like, we're so far beyond anything that that book can help me with at this mm -hmm. point. And mm -hmm. it's not about that. I'm so glad that you said that. It's about a mindset. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I have better days. I've been waking up like two hours before she does, which she used to wake me up every morning. Um, mm -hmm. I've been waking up at 6 a.m. because I'm like, I got to get ahead of you. Like I got to put my, I got to fill my tank up before I start the day with you. Mm -hmm. um, that's one thing that's really helped me. But I've also gone from being this parent that when I had a day where I yelled, I was just devastated about it. It was not mm -hmm. a common thing. I was mm -hmm. just crushed to, I'm lucky if I can get like halfway through the day without snapping. I mean, it's mm -hmm. a completely different environment for me. Mm -hmm. So what are some mindset changes that we can all make that, I, I mean, I've spoken to every single one of my friends. We're like all in the same boat. Um, okay. So yeah. the, the mindset tip that I started with in my challenge is what I call the Q tip, quit taking it personally, mm. because there's always a reason, you know, and I went into this a little bit of nice during the I stage, which is investigate all behaviors, communication. So there's always a reason they're always trying to get a need met. And, um, and so, so the first thing like get the word q-tip i mean if you want to memorize the brand um, <laughs> put it all over your in, inner cabinets inside yeah, cabinets it, that's what i do with that stuff and it's really to help you when you're in the heat of the moment right and you know when you get triggered you go you're not in this part of your brain that you're in right now you're not your most brilliant self you're not in your thinking brain like you're not going to go and sit for uh, you know a, a standardized test right um in the brain state that you're in when you're triggered you're you're really the dumbest part of yourself that's i mean <laughs> that's the line. you're like the raw animalistic right. like has no control over herself yeah that's like what you're i feel like, like all the time right now yeah you're like yeah. must kill or run fast 
So, um, and so, and so, (laughs) so the, so you're, you're really, your main objective has to be not tell me what tool to use. It's literally like, how do I put my own oxygen mask on? I need to have a trigger plan. And so the trigger plan is get a word in your head, like Q-tip, quit taking it personally, Q-tip, 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 Q-tip. So that can immediately come to you. And it's, it's really great if you have a visual with it. So, you know, like I would say, like, like take a picture of the Q-tip box, um, <laughs> save it to, I mean, this is a hack that my, my um, senior in high school daughter does is whenever she's trying to memorize something or she wants it on her radar, she makes it her home screen or her lock screen on, on her phone. So save it to your home screen or your lock screen of your phone. So it's just going to remind you of your trigger plan that when your child is acting like a lunatic and pushing every one of your buttons, it is not about you. It's not about you. And to know what to do and to remember all those wonderful scripts from how to talk so your kids will listen, um, you can't be in the, I'm going to you know, fight a tiger it's part of right. your brain. So you've got, so you've got, so having some kind of visual cue will just to help, help you start to shift so that you can like get back in the driver's seat of your brain. So, so number one, I want y'all to remember the Q-tip. Number two, now this is the part that if somebody would have told me this years ago, I may have punched them in the face, but really like we should be teaching every single child and we should have all learned should, should, should. Um, how to freaking breathe. Because when you take three deep inhales and pause at the top X and then, and then slow exhales, which is what they teach in yoga. Or if you're not into yoga, they'll teach it in, you know, you can watch a, the box breath, which is what Navy SEALs do. There's lots of different breathing techniques, but literally three deep inhales, pausing at the top and exhales to the count of four, like learning how to properly breathe, which I found out most people don't know how to do, um, it will change your brain state. It starts to alter you biochemically. So when you're in a triggered state and you're about to just go to the yelling place, there's actually a biological reason why you do because your stress hormones are high. And so you're now in a high stressed out state, okay? And so you have really heightened levels of cortisol running through your body. We have to lower that cortisol. One way that we can lower that cortisol is we can have, you know, a yelling episode. Because when you yell, when you lose it, even though you have every intention of not doing it, it actually, the guilt comes later, but you actually feel better and tell me if I'm wrong, like it actually makes you feel better sort of in the moment right after the yelling occurs or during the yelling. Have you ever noticed that? Well, I have practiced, we talked about the box breath in our last episode, and I have noticed that. And I've been talking a lot to my daughter, my oldest daughter, about the about breathing and calming. We have like this thing called a moody jar, which one of my other guests recommended. It's like a jar filled with glitter. And I've taught her how to like shake it really, really, really hard when she gets angry and she can look at the glitter and like watch it kind of like percolate in the jar and it calms her down. We've been doing the breath work and and it helps me a lot after I've already freaked out. Um, But I have found that the whole reason why I am freaking out and, and this is something I have found my friends have also experienced 
and I've watched my husband interact with my daughter lately, and we've both had the same thing going on. It's like the way that young children, especially all children, really um, express you. You've said like all behavior is communication. That's something you taught me. Um, all behavior is communication. So the behavior has been on the side of like on it's it's not been what we're used to, if you will. And oh, little kids live in their emotional brain. So that they, is they the live most, in their emotional yeah. brain. And then yeah. mom and dad go to this place of, okay, they can't get away. Like they can't talk to me this way. And I right. have gone there like, no, no, no. Looking at my three and a half year old and trying to explain to her how she, you know, is not allowed to address me. And it's like, I know this makes absolutely no sense to her. Um, and it's not helping because she's just going to do it again. But there's that moment where your ego kind of takes over and you're like, you can't get away with this. Like, this is not okay. Well, and when you go into that brain hijack, right? And so you start to justify and stand on, you know, stand on your soapbox. You will not speak to me like this in the heat of the moment. You just become an emotional teenager yourself. And so... So at some point, so we start having our temper tantrum, they're having their temper tantrum. And at some point you got to say like, somebody has to be the grown up, And, and so, and so that's what the Q-tip really is, is quit taking it personally. Cause it's not about you. That's your ego speaking. It's not about you. And so I think it helps to sort of like understand, okay, little kids, their most developed part of their brain is their emotional brain. So there are going to be lots of emotional episodes over seemingly ridiculous things. And, um, and this is an opportunity. Like we have so many opportunities right now in the trenches because we're with them day in and day out to actually do some real skill building. But in the heat of the moment, that is not the time. In the heat of the moment, all we can do is get the people to safety. Okay. And so, so the brain hijacks happening. So first we got to get our brain to safety and then we got to get their brain to safety. Once everybody's brains are safe and we're all at a, at a calmer place, well, then we can go back and we can talk about all the things we can talk about. Hey, what was going on for you? Um, you seemed really upset. Tell me what, what it was. I don't know. I don't know. But your voice was loud and your fists were like this. And you're, and I, I couldn't even understand you. You seemed really upset. It's super important for mommy to understand you, but I can't hear you when you act like that. So tell me, tell me what was going on for you. And so after you have one of these conversations and they feel heard and you're just sort of mirroring back everything your child says, then you get to a place you're like, well, what? Well, okay. Well, so next time you're so upset because I gave you the wrong color cup. <laughs> you know, literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, next time you really wanted the blue cup and I didn't know you wanted the blue cup instead of going, Mommy, blue cup! what could you do instead? Then and you can you have know, the conversation after you've de-escalated even, the situation. Right. And it's even sort of like a, like you're kind of, it's kind of tongue in cheek. You're like, what could you do instead? And you, and she's like, and she like looks at you and you say, what about, mommy, I really wanted the blue cup. Could you say it like that? Practice with me now. Practice with me now. Mommy, I really want the blue cup. See how your voice matches mine? Mommy, I really want the blue cup. Maybe you could put it to a tune. Anyway, you can get playful with it. What has just shifted is that we actually were waiting for the right moment when everyone was in 
the smartest part of their brain where we could all talk and actually learn something. And now we just focused our energy on the skill building. But, but putting all your energy and your bandwidth towards standing on your soapbox and, you know, telling the people how they won't talk to you when they're three and a half years old and in their emotional brain and acting like they're facing a tiger in the jungle like you're just wasting your energy and that's why we all get so exhausted at the end of the day when instead we can just get all the people's brains to safety calm our get ourselves calm first ourselves then our kids and then come back and revisit and focus all of our energy on the actual skill building part well i understand now why you're called a parenting coach because i want to have you in my ear all the time like an actual coach <laughs> saying all these things um but one thing i am going to write down on top of Q-tip is bring everybody's brains to safety. Like yeah. that visual, that's where I think so many of us, myself certainly very much included, that's been the part that has been skipped because it's like we're all just triggered. You know, we're in this together, as they say, and it's it's hard to, we're also with our kids so much more than we used to be. I mean, I'm used to coming to my children with like a relatively full tank. I didn't think it was full, but looking back, I'm like, wow, I was like, mm -hmm. it was like a spot day. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I had, I had energy. I had reserves to be patient. Um, mm -hmm. Now it's like kind of taken everything in me to take care of myself well enough to be there for them, like around the clock. So it's just a totally different. I've also found that it's really, you said that you're getting a lot of questions about technology. I'm really mm -hmm. curious to hear your perspective on this because I was just interviewing um, someone a few days ago and we were saying like, listen, I'm happy to like let up on all the screen time um, guidelines and recommendations that I've received as a parent and, and let go because we're in a quarantine. But there is a also direct correlation between the amount of time my kids watch TV and the way that they feel and the way that they mm -hmm. thus behave. Mm -hmm. So it's like six of one, half a dozen of the other. It's not like I'm going to shame myself that I'm doing something horrible for letting them watch an extra movie. It's like, there's literally a price to pay. It's not the solution and the bandaid that you think it is because it mm -hmm. ends up biting you in the butt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally. Totally. I mean, I think, you know, look, I've all, we, I've always been a television screens home just with parameters. So, and, um, and, and I, in, in a perfect world, would I have my kids playing with all wooden toys when they were little and never watching TV or screen? Yeah, but that's just that's wasn't realistic for us. That yeah. wasn't realistic for us. I'm, I'm, I, frankly, I'm just, I'm a little lazy for all that. So, hey, I, I really appreciate that, and thank you for sharing because I, I think a lot of people are going to like to know that about you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I really like. I there's nothing I love more than like laying in bed. I mean, still to this day, I have teenagers. And, um, and I mean, we love laying in bed and watching shows together. I mean, you know? yeah, we, I'm here when you have a hard day, you want to come home and like zone out on the couch and watch a, watch a show. Like our kids are the same way. They don't want to come home from school and like do no, more school. I mean, I'm like super lazy. Like I, we don't even make it to the couch. Like I'm not leaving <laughs> the bed. I mean, it's <laughs> I love it. Amazing. Good. I love that. Well, I think we should give our kids, like, I keep thinking about my daughter and like my instinct as a parent is to be even like be more rigid, even though that sounds crazy coming out of my mouth, but it's like, I want to provide her with this structure during this absolutely chaotic time. But I'm like, what the heck would you want to be doing, Laura? Like if you were at home from school and you had no, literally I am her only 
point of contact and mm-hmm. her dad and her sister. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's like, wouldn't you want to just be allowed to watch like a bunch of movies and just chill for a second? Like what else is there to do? It feels kind of like artificial trying to orchestrate all these activities within the four walls of our home. Some of them outside and like totally. act like this isn't really happening because it is totally. I mean, I'll tell you, I just learned a good tip from someone, um, which I was not doing this, um, is they were saying it was somebody who a mom who has always her and her husband have always worked from home and they went through a few years of homeschooling their kids. So she wasn't a reluctant homeschooler. She was like a homeschooler by choice and worked out of the house. So she had some great tips and she said, uh, you're going to want to stay in your yoga pants or pajamas all day, which Yoga pants are sort of like I wear those out in public. So, right. I mean, you know, they can whatever. be very glamorous. Absolutely. But she she said, um, she said, so you're going to want to stay in your pajamas or your yoga pants all day. She said, don't get up like you're going to, if you're working from home, like get dressed like you're going to work. She said, yeah. there is a, there's a, there's a mental energy that comes from that. And so she said, so everybody don't act like you're just on this extended vacation, like get dressed and find some semblance of order and, um, and, and have some divisions to your day and divisions in your home so that it doesn't just feel like everybody's waiting around waiting till they, till they can go back to their life, like have your life now and, and you'll find your new normal. So, you know, get dressed for the day. And, and what, if I had little teeny tiny kids at this stage of the game with what's going on, I would have some, um, kind of structure to the day. But I mean, my structure would probably be like, you know, okay, we have breakfast around this time. And then, we clean up breakfast and you guys play in the playroom a little bit. And then, you know, maybe we go outside and we have, we turn some music on while we go outside and mommy sits and watches you guys play. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it's, it, blo- it's like blocks. That's basically what right. it is. I mean, from the front right, line. Like, right, yeah. but like, like we sit and watch and we, I sit and watch you play. And then like, we come back inside and we like have like, you know, a 10 minute cleanup where we put the music on and we clean some things and you guys can watch, you know, I would put them to work. I'm, I mean, I've even oh, I've yeah, put, my I put my kids, kids work. to work a hundred percent. And they love it. They love like helping. Love. It's like, yeah, well, my great kids don't love, yeah, no, you're well, they're like little, they don't know that it sucks yet. They're like, cool. Oh, I get my- to like help put my laundry away. Like, oh, yeah. I have my kids make it. Yeah. My poor kids. I I wish we were still at that stage where I could give them like a spray bottle or something. And, a, right? you know, yes, I love the spray bottles. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm like making them make videos for me and do, um, and do kids coaching in my groups I love <laughs> and, it. and read story time to the little kids on video in our groups. I'm like, okay, from this, like, sorry, this is the family business guys. You're going to have to earn your keep. They're like, stop. I'm like, I no, love I'm, it. I'm serious. Um, but I would have some semblance of order to the day. And like me saying that means that from this time to, I mean, because I just let the cat out of the bag that I'm super lazy, like by mid morning, I'd probably be pretty tired and I'd be like, okay. And from 1030 until 1115, we're laying in mommy's bed and watching shows. Yeah, and- I love, like, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Well, but we have a very similar, I find that it's like, I found a sort of, yeah, I, there's just a rhythm. It's not like an exact mm-hmm. schedule. There's a rhythm. But um, when my daughter, Violet, my youngest, takes a really long nap, Selma and I watch like back-to-back movies on the couch while she's napping. Yeah. We just lay on the couch. We have hot chocolate. 
it's like something we get to look forward to every day. I think like just knowing I've, I noticed that, um, my oldest is my strong-willed spirited child and she needs to know what's happening. Um, and it was very clear quite quickly that, you know, she has a calendar at school. They talk about the days of the week. They talk about the weather. What, what's it going to be that day? Every morning I got a big dry erase calendar and I just Mm -hmm. like started talking to her about what was going to happen that day. So even if it's something, you know, boring, um, I just kind of like to let her know what around what we're doing. Um, because I noticed it was really getting to her that she just had no idea and I know what's going on, but she doesn't, mm-hmm. she's like three and a half. So just trying to communicate that to her. So my, my next question for you is we're all messing up probably a little more than we're used to or a lot. Um, and if you're not, then amazing, but I don't know you. Um, what, what do we, sometimes I feel like I've apologized so many times in one day that like, it's like moot. So like what, what are ways that we can make it right with our kids? Because we're not, these are not normal times. Um, my biggest fear around being a parent right now, and I see that it's a time to grow and to learn as a parent, but this isn't how I'm used to parenting. This isn't like our Mm -hmm. usual dynamic. So, um, it's weird. It's like the first thing that my kids have been exposed to me without any structure. Um, that I have no control over. And so I, I worry, I'm like, wow, this is really not, I'm not at my best. And this isn't what I would have wanted for you right now. Um, how do we have compassion for ourselves and also explain somehow show our kids. I'm a big proponent. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big champion of just apologizing when I do Mm -hmm. do something wrong, no matter how many times I have to do it. It's like, here's Mm -hmm. a learning opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, what do we do with all that? Well, I think, you know, look, all behaviors communication. So I would say, look at that, look at that for yourself as well. So if you find that you're losing it a whole lot and we're like, okay, how can I make it better for my kid? How can I make it better for my kid? And I kind of say like, like you're needing something. So how how can can I make make it better for you? How can, what am I missing that I'm feeling like, you know, I'm feeling stressed. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling snappy. I'm feeling like I don't have any time. Like I need something here and I deserve to, to figure this out, you know? So it's like nurturing yourself too. And what that might look like. I mean, right now, you know, and with all my groups, I, I keep saying, listen, there, I heard a quote recently that said, don't be a, uh, as a mom, don't be a martyr, be a model. So you want to model, like imagine who you want your girls to grow up to be. And, um, and you want to model that, which is literally like when I'm not feeling good or I'm not feeling taken care of properly, or I'm not feeling like I get any time to myself, how do I take that back and, um, and coexist here with these people that, I have to take care of all day, you know, that they're depending on me. And so what would that look like? Well, it might look like when you're watching those Disney movies um, that you're not sitting there following the storyline because you've got an AirPod in and your iPad there and you're answering emails or listening to some awesome podcast or something that is going to fill you up and serve you and inspire you and propel you forward. Um, Something that feels like adult conversation. So you don't have to be 
all hands on deck all the time. If you're sitting next to your child on the couch and they're watching a movie and you're just stroking her leg a little bit, but you're taking that hour and a half for the most part to put something that feels nurturing in your ear, but you're still there and present with her, bam, I consider that a win-win. And I consider that modeling hey, I don't have to be a martyr. I don't have to, you know, I get to have parts of the day. Like I don't have to wait till dad comes home later to be a grown up. I get to have parts of my day where I am here with you and I am doing something that feels fulfilling to me as a grown up too. It doesn't need to be so kid centric all the time. Well, thank you. I mean, Amen. Hallelujah. I'm glad that I get to be so vulnerable with whomever's listening to this because we have now pinpointed what my biggest struggle is, which is probably understanding that I don't need to make this mm-hmm. magical for my kids as much as I need to, you know, to, it, it, it's new circumstances um, and learning how to take care of yourself. But, you know, you're absolutely right. And I know that I am a better parent when I take care of myself. It's a very interesting dynamic to feel so powerless over something that's happening that your kids are experiencing. But, you know, I was reading this article today that said our kids are probably actually going to be way less affected by this than we are. Oh, 100%. So. I mean, let me just say this. Let me just say this. For It was so funny because for years and years and years, our families had a condo um, down in Galveston at the beach. And we used to laugh that we would go down and we would stay in this two bedroom, two bath condo. And they were so happy, like, because we were right there, right? Like, I like it was next. And then we'd come home and we would have a house with all these bathrooms and, and, you know, two floors and whatever. And I'm like, all they want is that little two bedroom condo. Like we literally could live in a two bedroom apartment and they would be so psyched. Little kids, they just want you there all the time. Like as long as you're within, you know, ear and eye shot. And so I think it's like, it's really simpler. Like we think this is such a hard time on our kids. No, this is a hard time on us. Let's just be real. Amen. Really. Thank you sort of all their dreams are coming true because as I like to say, you know, it's sort of like my daughter used to be obsessed with Taylor Swift. And so it's like, you know, the thought of like being, you know, front row at a Taylor Swift concert. And she was like, looking at you, like would be like all her dreams were coming true. So I say with every kid, you are Taylor Swift and they are your number one fan. And all they want is to know that Taylor notes sees and notices them that they have some some of taylor's attention and so you know you being home all day every day with them it's a little bit like all their dreams are coming true it's like a it's like a dream you're you're totally right i keep thinking you know my daughter's gonna want to go back to like she must miss her friends and like she was ripped away from them she didn't even get to say Mm -hmm. goodbye i think if i drop my kid off at school right now it'd be like probably the most traumatizing thing that's happened to her in the last those those friends are floppy seconds you are taylor swift she wants you so even if you're if you're like okay like i tell people really and this is going to sound crazy but I, you know, five to 15 minutes of present engaged time with each child per day. Okay. Per day. It fills up their love cup where there's no phone. There's no screens. You're just fully present five to 15 minutes, five to 15 minutes of being with them, loving them up completely. Just whatever moment 
you need to be in that you're following their lead. So that's five to 15 minutes. So any other time beyond that is gravy. So I love that. I love that. You know, so you've spent five to 15 minutes and now you're sitting on the couch and she's watching a Disney movie and she keeps saying, mommy, did you see blah, blah, blah? Mommy, did you see blah, blah, blah? And you like point to your, to your AirPod and you're like, mommy's listening to something. Shh, mommy's listening to something. <laughs> Like, yes. like, and, and then you, and then you, and you're saying, and, and you kind of nod and you're like, and you rub her little arm and you get, you maybe every once in a while, you give her a little sniff and tell her she smells delicious and you give her a kiss and you snuggle her up for a minute. And then she tries to talk to you and you're like, mommy's, mommy's, mommy's doing something. Mommy's working. Does, I love and, it. And, and that's it. And so you help to condition her not to be so kid centric. It's like, no, no, no. Mommy's got a life too. And mommy gets to have a life here with you. It doesn't have to be all about you every single second. And we're not going to lecture her. We're going to model that. We're going to well, model right. that. It's lecturing. You can say it all day long, but unless you're doing mm-hmm. it, it's mm-hmm. not, it doesn't make a difference. Right. 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 And, and, and I think it takes, you know, I think that we do our kids a real disservice when things we put so much pressure on us to be the greatest parent ever, which we think means that we have to be with them 24 seven. So present and engaged constantly. Oh, I've never you know. been more convinced that 24 seven parenting is not the road for me, but go ahead. But, but, it's not, <laughs> but it's not for, you know what? Any kid, any kid that has a parent that is 24 seven engaged with them. I promise you that that child is having a disservice done for them because, because we have to learn as humans that the world does not revolve around us. And sometimes that means that you're sitting right next to somebody that you really want to talk to and they're busy doing something else and you have to wait. Yeah. You you have have to to learn how to wait your turn. Justin Timberlake was recently totally knocked for saying he was interviewed and he said, Mm -hmm. like, he was asked, like, how are you doing in quarantine? And he said, you know, we're okay, but like, this 24 seven parenting, it's really just not human. And I guess like a lot of people were like, are you kidding me? Like, you're so wealthy. You have like all this help, all that you don't even know what it's like. And I was like, well, can't we just like be really happy that this person who does have a really large platform is expressing that this isn't human. And that so many of us do this when we're not quarantined, there are people who are 24 seven parents and not necessarily by choice. And it's not human. And like, I felt like he was giving those people a minute to just take a deep breath and realize like, Oh my God, you're right. Like, this is just too hard. Um, And I have to tell you, I mean, I have carried um, an enormous amount of guilt through different times in my parenting journey about the amount of time that I do or do not spend with my kids and having this type of perspective. It's like, I feel like I'm forever released from that. Um, Mm -hmm. seeing that I am just able to be, um, more present with them when I'm with them, if I'm living my own life as well, which I'm unable to do right now, like I am at home with them. I'm unable to do it to the degree that I want to. It's like when I look at my life going forward, um, I just feel like I've been given this gift of being more certain that I've chosen a parenting path. That's the right one for me Mm -hmm. because the 24 seven thing is not my jam. Well, and, you know, I think it's almost like um, people who are 24-7, I think we can all learn a little bit right now from them 
because we have these visions that 24-7 means that they're 24-7 engaged. And they're you know, not. We, we thought they were the no. whole time and they know so much more than we do about right. how to make this work. Yes. Right. Right. They know. Right. They know. Right. Yeah. I've watched right. them have a much easier time with this, actually. Right. Because they they're not like. Freaking out. They know how to put yeah. their AirPods in. They know how to put right. their AirPods in and tell their kids like. And the whole time I thought they were giving their kids like the 24, like the undivided attention that I give my kids during my 10 to 15 minutes that I have to just like really zoom in on them. Right. And that's not what it is. Mm -mm. So, yeah, it's, I think, you know, that's where, um, I think that, that parent guilt and all that pressure that we put on ourselves, look, I want parents to learn all the tools that I teach and, and, and be better communicators and, um, and, and realize that our kids are here to teach us all kinds of beautiful things and help us to become more self-aware and all that. I love all that. And I want parents to stop being driven by so much guilt because they have this unrealistic fantasy in their brain that no one is living. And, and, no and, it, and it's just, it's like, it's not helpful. It's not useful. And I think it contributes to parent shaming, competition, judgment, and all that. It's all gross. It really it's just gross. It, it I've is never gross. realized like how, you know, what's like so funny to me is that the second this started happening, everybody has like those handful, maybe they have more, but I only have a very small handful of like mommy bloggers with hundreds of thousands of followers that I do follow on Instagram that kind of make it all look like a really big picnic. And it was so funny when this happened, just watching those people, like without this sort of like, without the world functioning as we're used to it functioning, mm -hmm. there was like a real struggle to like maintain this sort of like facade of constant like activities and engagement when you're like mm -hmm. stuck in your house. Mm -hmm. And it's like, everyone has been stripped of this armor, like this makeup, this shield. Like we can't even get our mate. We can't even get our hair done. Like my hair's gray. I'm 31. Like it's like, <laughs> it, it's like my hair, there's gray. I didn't even know I had gray hair. So I have it and I, I it's all out and my eyebrows are crazy. And it's like, we're all just kind of hanging out and we look like what we look like. And everyone need a bikini wax. Like. Oh my God. It's just like, everything's a mess. It's just, uh, it's just horrible. And my husband actually grabbed my hand last night and he said, you poor thing. Do you want me to paint your nails tonight? I know how much you love getting your manicures. And I thought, you know what, out of anything, like I can't get my manicures, but like my husband like gets to say things like that to me. Cause he has time to paint. I mean, there's like this tenderness and this sweetness between people like I, that. I didn't even know we were even missing. Um, mm -hmm. people can just connect with each other, um, even though we can't even see most people right now. Mm -hmm. And it's so it amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, it's, it's just so endearing, but it's so funny how quickly, you know, the people who have, um, sort of made a living, I guess, off of people thinking that they need to purchase all of these things to be a better parent, for example, it's like the message just kind of fell flat because like, there's nothing to do. Like there's nothing to buy. There's nowhere to go. Can, um, I, can, I, you, can I tell you, can I tell you the real secret of what everybody actually really wants as a yeah. parent? Um, so when people are like wanting to schedule a call to, you know, think about maybe like, uh, take my program or whatever, we have them fill out a questionnaire to get to know more about your situation. And so there's just like a series of, I don't know, five or six questions we ask. 
And um, the last question is something about like, if you had a crystal ball, ball, um, what would your dream day look like, you know, in the future as a family? Like, what would, what would you see in that crystal ball? And I, most, most visions that I've gotten are like bike rides and beach days. Mm. Like wow. that's what, you know, so we look at these bloggers that are looking like they're living these fabulous lives and their children are dressed to the nines and, and have all the bows perfectly suited, you know, to match the outfit and all of that. And what everyone really wants deep down is to have a family that like takes bike rides together and doesn't try and kill each other. Um, you know, like right? actually could go out on a bike ride and have fun. And could have a day at the beach where like, like at the end of the day, your son kissed and you're, you know, you're tired and everybody's falling asleep, sandy and gritty and yucky, but it just was like a fun day at the beach. Like you just made a memory. It's that sim those simple connecting memories that everyone seems to crave. They get that, that everybody gets along with each other essentially mm -hmm. too. It's like what those mm -hmm. memories resemble that like we're all. Getting That's along. an amazing question to ask because I was mm -hmm. thinking about that actually last night. I was like, what am I doing all this for? Like, why, what am I sweating over? What am I mm -hmm. so worried about happening? Every time mm -hmm. I mess up, every time I think I've done something or every time, you know, my kid experiences something I wish she didn't have to experience. Like, what is it that I am so afraid of? And the mm -hmm. answer to that question is that like, I am afraid of not having this, these relationships with my children mm -hmm. and with my family that I want more than anything in the world. And like, that's what those, the mm -hmm. beach trips, that's what those things represent. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we're, we've been taught over the last decade to sort of look at people who are like curating, like buying things to make it look like that's what they have. And like, if you kind of look at it, it's like, well, you're so busy accumulating all of this stuff. Like, how are you actually using it to do all the things you say. I mean, like there's so many things you could say about that, but it's really about connecting with each other. Mm -hmm. It's not about anyone else seeing it or any of the things we've been told it's about. It's just about each other and connecting with each other. You know, people are in general, I think there's, there's just, people are lonely um, and, and don't necessarily feel connected to the people they love the most. Um, and I think it's a lot of the reason that that many people have some sort of over behavior. Um, that's what I call it. I don't want to say it's an addiction, but you know, there's some kind of what over behavior. Over behavior. Uh huh. Over behavior. Okay. Over over drinking. Over eating. Uh -huh. Over yeah. yeah. You know, over Netflixing. Um, over chocolating. Yeah. Um, over chocolating. Over whatever. <laughs> over whatever. And um, and it really is like okay when I'm bored or I'm lonely or I'm like feeling some kind of yuck in my body, what's going to give me a quick hit to feel better. Yeah. And so, um, and I actually think that a lot of that comes from, and I mean, I have studied a lot about this, a lot of sort of air quotes, addictive tendencies come from um, there being not as much connection in your life. And especially when you were a kid, um, not necessarily having as much connection as you craved from the people that you love the most. And so, um, and so when we, you know, when we are cultivating families and experiences where 
we can take a bike ride and it's fun and or have a beach day like that's what we all want because we really all just want to be more connected to the people that we love and a lot of us don't know how to create that or to have that and so you know what i want to say is is that the guilt and the fantasy and the beating yourself up and and finding yourself going to that triggered place so many times a day rather than putting the focus on what is going on for me? Oh my God, this is the hardest time in my life. Instead, it's, huh, you know what? I'm feeling triggered a lot of the day and I need to get curious about this. What is coming up for me? And what what kind of support do I need? And how can I properly nurture myself so that I can feel more connected to the people I love. Maybe it's that I don't need to feel like I have to be on 24/7 with these kids and when we're bored and I want a moment, I'm going to I'm going to take this opportunity to learn something new, to fill my ears with messages that feel inspiring and impactful and I'm going to take chalk, I'm going to decide that the kids on the porch, they can chalk it up. And, you know, they're going to chalk up the porch and because it's kind of a rainy day and we can't go out in the yard and we're going out with chalk and I'm putting a little, you know, AirPod in my ear and I'm putting some music on and the girls are going to chalk and I'm going to just sit there and not necessarily chalk with them or maybe just sort of chalk, but kind of be doing my own thing because that's what I need right now. Um, and feeling like I, we can live together and we can have connecting moments and we can also have moments where we get to feel like each of us can have some independence. So I think it's just being realistic about it, all of it and getting curious about what's actually coming up for you. I love it. It's a new normal and it's a new, like we might get resume certain parts of life as we knew it could resume sooner rather than later. We don't know, but I think it's kind of good for all of us to like, be where we are right now and just deal with the circumstances that we have because we just don't know. So it's the best thing we can do is just make these circumstances work for us as parents well, and, and humans. And not, and, and I always like to say, you know, is it, is it really, you know, is this an opportunity in disguise and we have the uh, opportunity totally right? Like we have the opportunity. I mean, look, to learn a new skill, even to learn like how to talk so your kids will listen, listen, so your kids will talk. Like that's a communication skill that most of us weren't brought up with. And the more you practice, you probably found this from that book, the more you practice it, the better those, you know, the better you get at those different scripts and those different skills and, and really, you know, being able to practice empathetic communication and all these things. Like, so we have lots of opportunities to practice those things. We also have lots of opportunities to practice things like noticing in our body when we're feeling triggered and when our body wants, when our, we're about to go to that yelling place because it gives us an adrenaline rush, which helps to lower our stress hormones. We start to practice, okay, instead of yelling, when I feel like yelling, I'm going to notice what it feels like in my body. I'm going to imagine the Q-tip image, quit taking it personally, quit taking it personally. I'm going to take my breath and I'm going to take really deep breaths instead of breathing, even to the point, like I want to, I, I was just telling someone this today, like audible breaths that your kids are little enough that they won't, you know, they won't say anything like the older kids, when you've never taken an audible breath and you've just been a yeller and all of a sudden you're going, <sighs> like, they'll look at you and they'll be like, what is wrong with you? And why are you acting like a freak <laughs> 
right? <laughs> and I'm yep. like, and I'm like, who cares? Them saying what is wrong with you and why you're acting like a freak show is still way better than you yelling at them, shaming them, and then feeling guilty about it later. So, okay. Yeah, I get it. I'm calming myself down right now because I feel super frustrated and annoyed and I'm just trying to get myself to a calmer place. I need a minute. So now yeah. you're modeling what grownups do when we're on the verge of a meltdown. We're actually modeling what we do to get ourselves to a calmer place. So when you have little tiny kids and you replace, you notice when you're about to go there, you notice when you've got the gun to your head and the trigger hijack is happening. And instead you are able to think about the Q-tip and you, and you, and you take your deep breaths and you just, <sighs> instead of yell, you replace the breath with a yell. And all of a sudden your kids will look at you with big eyes. Your girls will look at you with big eyes. And you're doing that and you're like, mommy's feeling frustrated. So I'm just calming myself right now. And you take these big weird breaths. Well, guess what happens when you have little bitty ones like you have? Their mirror neurons kick in. And so just like where when somebody yawns and you want to yawn too, you'll notice that they're like going <sighs> and they're breathing they're too. You. Yeah. Right. And they're breathing well, I was too. Just right. thinking when you were talking, like how many times have I tried to teach my child the skill of how to calm down? And I'm like, do I even do this? Like we have this book mm -hmm. called Calm Down Time and it's all mm -hmm. these like different tools she can use to calm herself down when she's feeling upset. And I'm like, I don't do any of these things. Like, right. <laughs> like, I don't like I mean, BS on yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. it's like, see, it's like me. I'm, I don't know how to, I'm like trying to explain to you to call, how to calm down. And like, I don't even, I mean- <laughs> Yeah. I, I, what a, like, what a realization to have, which I've had so many times, um, recently, like I have no idea how to calm myself down, which is why I keep freaking out at you. I'm sorry. Like I'm the one that needs to be right. doing that. So yeah. So, instead of a, so what I want to say is, is one, you know, you just commit to one small baby step. So what I would say is rather than focusing so much. I'm also a fan of the apology. And mm -hmm. instead of putting the focus on the apology, let's put our focus on how many times tomorrow can I notice when I'm triggered and I have the gun to my head, hijacking my brain. Can I actually replace the yelling with the breath? And I'm going to keep a tally in the note section of my phone or on this piece of paper in the kitchen. And I'm going to actually go over and put a little, you know, line and, you know, and do the little thing every time I get to, when I get to five and I am actually going to keep track tomorrow, how many times I physically am able to do that. And I'm going to celebrate myself for that. I'm going to take you up on that assignment. I love it. I good. I love thank it. Thank you so much, Randy. And thank you for being on my show again. I know I'm not the only one who is going to listen to this multiple times and take it in again and again. So thank you for being you and for all that you do. You are so, so welcome. And I, I'm not sure when this comes out. Uh, Probably in a couple of days, I think. From now. Oh, okay. Well, anybody who wants to, can I, can I let people know Please. if they want to learn more? Um, Absolutely. We, act we actually enroll in our private uh, membership community, which is awesome. And we have, you know, if you liked what you just heard, well, we have a private app 
that you only can access if you're in our private membership community. And it's got literally hundreds of trainings and resources and all sorts of goodies. And, and we do all kinds of great things in there. And so if you're interested in taking it further, we enroll like four times a year. So we're enrolling. Um, our next group starts April 27th. And then we won't have another group start until September. So if you want to learn more, go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash laser. That's mastermindparenting forward slash laser. And um, you can book a call with us and learn more. Fantastic. I hope many of you are able to sign up. Randy is so awesome to get to talk to. And I know I'll get to have one of these conversations with you again, hopefully when we're all a little further out of this shelter in place that we're in right now. Um, again, thank you so much for being on the show. This is Look Ma No Hands. I'm your host, Laura Max, Laura Max Rose. Thank you for joining us. I usually say um, I'll be back with you on Tuesday, but I've been releasing more episodes lately as a result of the quarantine and just wanting to touch base with as many of you as possible since I know we're in a bit of a foreign situation right now. So um, this one episode's probably airing on a Friday and um, you'll probably hear another one very soon. And until then, I hope you stay healthy and well with your families and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Look Ma No Hands. I'm Laura Max Rose and you can follow me on Instagram at Laura Max Rose to stay up to date on upcoming episodes and the behind the scenes of my life with my own two daughters. If you like this episode and are enjoying Look Ma No Hands, the best way you can help me spread the word is to leave a review on Apple Podcast. This is the single best way to help me reach a larger audience and share these conversations with everyone who needs to hear them. If you love something you just heard, you can also take a screenshot of the episode and share it on social media. There might be someone you know who needs to hear what you just heard, and that's another great way to make sure they do. Thank you for joining me every week. I'm grateful for each and every one of you. More next time. Mom, 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 mom.